welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Bam, a little late, but we made it. Sorry about that. Um, what's up, everybody? Do you, there's a little thing on the bottom. Twist it. Other side. There you go. Um, this is Sunday Teacher Talk, and I'm waiting for people to jump in here, but the idea here is to help you all out to like give you something to to like a place to ask questions where you're safe, you don't have to be embarrassed. And I'm noticing that we need to take these these things down because we have still got oh, decorations. Your wife has been asking you to take my them wife down. has been asking me to take them down. I have not taken them down. I keep telling my friends that this means it's September. It's the ninth month. So uh What's up, Anthony? What's up, Just Incredible Studio? I know that name. Just Incredible Studios. What's your What's your name? Could you give a first or last name? Just is it Justin? I guess that would make sense, right? Uh, Caitlin, what's up, Kyle? Uh, how was my week, Kyle? My week was how was my week? Busy. Busy. My weeks have been crazy busy lately. Where's my TV? Oh, we can't. It has stuff on it. Um, you want to grab it? So I have this conference coming up. I'm going to be in San Diego next week. Uh, speaking at the CSC conference, which is EdJoin, is like a place where people find jobs out in California. And so I'm speaking there, and they gave me a booth, which I don't sell anything, man. I, what am I putting in a booth at a conference? So I just made this TV, uh, uh, cardboard, and I'm going to make 19 more of those suckers, and I'm going to make this giant backdrop behind me of televisions. And I have some other weird ideas, but like, look, if I can't sell something, I might as well be the coolest looking booth at the at the thing. So that's what I'm doing. Um, what's up, England? Justin Miller. Okay, so I will now remember that from Justin Incredible because I should have got that anyway. I didn't know if it was. I don't know what the heck I was thinking. Um, what's up, Ronald? Andrew. Uh, thank you, Andrew. I really appreciate that. Um, Brenda Del Vecchia sent me. Brenda sent me. Uh, Mr. Rogers stamps that I have over on my steps and I'm cherishing them and I don't want to use them on every letter that I send. I want to use them on very special ones. Uh, so what Where's else? David De Jesus says, I send your videos to all my friends who like me are studying to become teachers. David, that's the best thing you could do. Thanks, man. Um, Grace, I am also a teacher from England. Oh, Manchester. Yo, I love England. I went to London once and it was like, I went to London twice. And it was magical. Uh, hey, we're one week from fall break, and I'm already exhausted. Uh, Shauna, that's how it goes, right? You will never, ever, ever appreciate weekends or breaks or summers like you would if you were a teacher. But I feel like it calms down, right? So, like, you make it for us, we make it to, like, Thanksgiving break in the U.S., and which is like end of November. And then it kind of like evens out somewhere around there. Where it's not so hectic. Um, thanks, Justin. I keep telling my wife I'm awesome. <laughs> she doesn't believe me all the time. Do you? No. Come on, wife. Um, what else do we got? I'm going to answer some questions in a second. Uh, Kim Schmelz from PA. I was out in uh, Gettysburg last week for a conference I did called EdCamp um, and spoke out there about YouTubing and stuff. But go to Columbia. Yeah, but you have good coffee. Um, that's awesome, Matthew. What, uh, 
Matthew, what time is it in Colombia? That's what I'm wondering. Hello from Vermont, cows with webbed feet. Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, that is, I love Vermont. That's where I went on my honeymoon to Vermont. And it was awesome. Uh, oh gosh, some of these are hard to read out loud. Me and, me and compliments. You're an inspiration. I don't think I could have gotten through my years of teaching so far without you. Uh, I really appreciate that. Idle Babe 72, which is a, <laughs> you know. Um, these are really nice. Look, let me just say this. It is, I've talked about this before. I'm going to get, if you have questions, you can throw them up there and I'm going to start answering them. Um, one, I've gotten requests lately to speak places. Um, and so if you're interested in that, I speak, uh, I'll go, I'll go anywhere, right? Somebody just hit me up from Ohio the other day and I had a couple other ones come through the Ohio one's really sticking out though, because of the situation, but, um, I'll go anywhere. You know, if you can hook it up, talk to your admin, talk to your professor, I'll come speak to your college class. I'll come speak to your organization, to your kids, to your, you know, I love doing that stuff on any number of topics, but the sheer amount of nice emails that I get and nice comments, it is like, I, oh, here comes my daughter crying. So wife's going to take care of that. Uh-oh, I don't know what happened. I think there was a Halloween costume situation out there. Um, I just get a lot of really nice comments and I don't always know what to do with that. Like it's, it's I, I have to make myself uh, read them. Um, and then what else is I going to tell you guys? Oh, except for there's two people on every single video that I put out that put thumbs down and I just think that it is wild. Um, I don't know who you are. It's probably my brother. Um, but that's that. So here's what I want to do. I want to help you with as much stuff as I can in the next hour or so. So load up the questions. I swear I try to get to every single one. I'll try and keep my answers succinct and, and to the point so that I can get to more questions because I realize there's like tons of questions still on the bottom when I get there. Uh, and so I'm going to read through all this. I always read through all of your comments too. So if you leave comments on the side, nothing goes unread. I sit there and read them for like, um, 30 minutes or so after the, the show. So first question I want to do is from, um, teachers connect, which is the online like platform where teachers and educators can go on. You can leave questions. You can post things. You can talk about your room. You can ask questions about your room. You can ask questions about lesson plans and like, kind of like, um, put it out there for just educators to see. She all right? Yeah. Everything's all good? Yeah. Okay, cool, I just wanna make sure. That was loud. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't they know it's loud? It's <laughs> Sunday teacher talk? Oh, Come on, no. no getting hurt? Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about it right now. So the this question is from uh, Gwendolyn, is asking on Teachers Connect, I watched a short TED talk this morning about children and fidgeting. I would love to know your thoughts. I wish I, this is not directed to me, it's just directed to all teachers. I wish I had more time in the day as it is with my kids to do all the things expected of us. I wish play, especially outdoor play, was not a plague. Dude, let's talk about this real quick. I So I do any number of ridiculous things in class, right? And so if you've watched any of my stuff, I mean, I talk about this. I guess I don't talk about that much, but I've talked about it extensively in the past. So that to me looks like... Um, starting the day off with like a journal that is seemingly ridiculous. Or the other day, my guys finished their vocab tests early. 
So I have everyone flip over their paper. And the question was, you had, or my, my prompt was, you have to draw a picture on the back of that paper and you have to combine two cereals that you think would be, make the greatest taste explosion. And I give a point of extra credit to the best, like either name or the best combination that they have. And so that's what we do. And that is, it buys me time and it buys other kids time at the end of the test where kids like aren't fidgeting around and stuff like that, but doing something fun. Every time we finish a book, we have a dance party in class um, and we just, we have cereal day. We do all this nonsensical stuff that sometimes I get pushback from not just people that I work with, but like people on the internet that will like leave nasty comments and say, this, I don't understand how this is academically rigorous at all. Guess what? It's not academically rigorous. Neither is play, but it is crucial. Like your whole life can't be serious all the time. And the more you can have fun with someone else, like if you went out dancing with your whole staff, right, and had a really great time, there's a 100% chance that you're going to come back into work on that next day and just like have more fun. You're going to see someone differently. You're going to interact differently. It just makes life fun. And so this idea that kids need to have their playtime revoked or that anyone would ever have recess taken away from them as a punishment, as if it's not a gift to you that that child goes and runs it off for a little bit is just a little bit mind boggling. And so I don't teach um, little ones. So I mean, maybe someone out there does that and you might have a very good reason for it. And and that is worth a conversation is what I always say. But it is very often, I just think like, I remember having twice a day plus gym, going outside, running around, playing with my friends and then coming back in. And my favorite was Having outside time, then coming in, Mrs. Pancheson in the fourth grade would read us a story. Um, my Side of the Mountain still one of my favorite books of all time because of that. It would calm everyone down, and then we would go right into the lesson. It was friggin' brilliant, man. So I think it's 100% important. And if you can't fit it in outside, fit it in in your class, even in little moments of tiny bits of play from here or there. Like go on like Go Noodle and have your kids dance and stuff like that. I used that, John, last year with my students. There goes the children. Um, and it was dope. Like all my guys did it, even though they were 14, 15, 16 years old. What do you got for me, buddy? Um, someone says I was good? wondering if you could. You can walk by. You're good. Everyone knows you live here. Top one. Uh, Kylie Michelle is saying, hello, I was wondering if you could do a video about your college experience and how you became a teacher. So I did. Um, there's two things you can look up. So a lot of people don't know this. If you want someone's YouTube channel, at the top where it says like about and channel and all that stuff, video and play it. See you, see you over there. Um, they, you can, there's a little magnifying glass, just search it. And um, there's one I made with uh, the letter classroom, Bridget from the letter classroom. And there's another one about like, should you become a teacher? There's another one on like why I became a teacher. So those are all in there. If you just search my YouTube channel. Oh, this is cardboard all of me from making those TVs. So now I look like. I look like I live in a junkyard. Oh, yes. um, you didn't wait. You didn't find another question yet? Babe, I am hustling here. Someone said I'll be in the States for Christmas. Do you like coffee? I love coffee. Oh, that's the dude from. Wait, is that. I'll be in the States for Christmas. Do you like coffee? Matthew Reyes, I love coffee. I'm a teacher. We live off that stuff. It's like. All right, scroll down to find more. Oh, I'm looking for a question. Uh, wait, where do you live? I live in New Jersey. I live right outside Philadelphia. Um, uh, this is Valerie Joe. Yeah, I'll do that one. 
Valerie Joe is asking, hello, my class is vocally expressing they dislike, I like that you said vocally expressing, that was beautiful, that they dislike the class assignment in front of her. Uh, we do, wait, I'm, I think I'm reading this wrong. My class is vocally expressing they dislike the class assistant in front of her. Oh, okay, now that makes more sense. Um, do you have two very different styles of teaching and helping? Any advice? So, yes, I do. I would say, you know, it's hard. I'm trying to think of how I want to handle this because I've had, I've been in this exact position before where I've like co-taught with someone that like the students didn't, uh, didn't really want to get down with. And so I think having that conversation with some of the students that are like sort of the ringleaders or the most vocal kids and on the low, just say, like reminding them that like, who cares if you don't like someone, right? Like, that, I don't know if I want to say that. I want to say it like, look, that person is a human being and you really need to understand that. You really need to grasp that like they go home and they have children or grandchildren or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or mom and dad, like they are a human being. So they deserve your respect, whether or not they're a teacher or not, like this because they're human. And that you as the student have a lot of power that you do not realize that you have. You have the power to help someone have a good day or to help someone have a bad day, right? And you don't have all the power here, but you do have power. So I talk to bullies about this all the time where someone's bullying someone and I remind them like you have the ability to like make someone's day, but you're choosing to tear them down because you think that's going to make you feel better. Or, and even if you don't think that, that's why you're doing it. But you could uplift someone also. And then letting students reminding them that like if you at least try to get down with someone's lesson, right, even if it sucks, even if it's whack, even if they're not like a, a spectacular personality, right, because sometimes lessons do suck. Um, I know because I've taught those lessons before. Um, you are, you, when you try and get down with someone's lesson, that's going to encourage them and make them want to do better and be better for you. But if you just crap on their lessons all the time and diss them in public, no one's going to back you if you diss everyone in public. So that's the kind of message I try and communicate to the students. Now, I wouldn't do that in front of her, but maybe if she's out one day, I'd just have like a sit down and be like, you can voice your opinion. We can talk about that. And I want to hear what you have to say. At the end of the day, like, you know, it's if you're not kind of like doing that loving thing, that's just like you're not going to get what you want. It's not the class isn't going to get better because you dog someone all the time. The class is only going to get better if you try to make it better. Like you can the students can make the class better and they oftentimes forget that. Um, thoughts on this is CKK 221. That sounds like a Star Wars reference or something. Uh, thoughts on Teach for America. I have a lot of thoughts on Teach for America. And I, you know, the funny part is I used to work for Teach for America. I never went through their program, but I, they pay a lot of money in the summer if you mentor their teachers. Um, I think, you know, so here's the good and the bad real quick of Teach for America. One, I think they try and sell this model of like, there are young children of color that are waiting or just, or just children on the low end of the socioeconomic chain that are just waiting for the right teacher. And if that teacher shows up, that kid will just blossom like a little flower that just needed some sunshine and water. And what those folks find out quickly is nobody was waiting for you, or at least they don't know that they were waiting for you. And then they'll test you and then you'll give up because you're just like, screw this crap. Like I thought these kids were going to love that I showed up here. And then, you know, then you hate it and you move on or you stay for two years 
and you do a great job. You know, you don't suck. You're awesome. You do a really great job. And then you decide that you want to go become a lawyer or move to France and like get married or whatever. Um, and what that does is it takes kids that have zero consistency in their lives often. And it's stripped. It's like makes them feel safe. And then you pull the rug out from under them. And I've just seen that a hundred times. And so you know, I just think that that's a tricky model. Like this idea that you can go and do good for two years is just like, I, I just think it, it sucks for the students. Um, however, some of my favorite people in the world. So my friend, Randy Rebuy, that I talk about often, uh, wrote a book called After the Shop Drops. If you want to go buy it for your class, it's awesome. Miss um, Cho, uh, that is, has been on the show before. She is... Um, a force in my school and she was TFA and she is awesome. So, I mean, I've seen really great people come out of it. I just wish TFA would kind of like change their model and make it like a little bit longer or like try and get people to stay or I don't, I don't like push towards that um, and not sell this model that the kids are just waiting. Like, you know, it's like letting people know that it's going to be all right if you get into a boxing ring. And then once you get punched in the face, they're like, Oh, they didn't tell us about this. So yeah. Um, but I don't think it's all bad. I know some really great people that have done it and gone through it and stuff. Uh, Andrew Reimer, Reimer, Reimer said, how do you teach kids? I know I'm just terrible. Uh, we're all the same in this yeah. household. How do you teach kids to comprehend their reading better? I would love to know some tips to teach and comprehend more of what they're reading. So I do. Um, so, you know, Andrew, I think what you want to do is create active readers, right? And oftentimes their kids aren't active readers. And so they will read something and then they forget what they read because they don't read. Don't really care about what they just read. So I think one, it's getting text or an information in front of kids that they're actually interested in. I think also creating um, like, you know, you could, so here's a bunch of different ideas. I think interesting stuff is a good idea. I think um, shorter amounts of time, if kids do not like reading, letting them know we are reading for six minutes today. We are reading for 10 minutes, reading for 15 minutes, or we got to go hard today and catch up. We're reading for 20 minutes. I need everyone to get psyched up. And this is what we're going to do. Everyone's walking by today. What's going on here? Um, I think you could also, uh, pair kids in groups. So put like a good reader and like a less good reader together. Uh, only I think groups of two work the best groups of three and four. Those other two are one kid. They don't do anything. They just sit there and pretend they're doing stuff. And then when you walk over, they try and pretend they're working. Don't you have your own YouTube channel? Uh, so they, um, so that's kind of like what I'm thinking about in terms of that. And then what else was I going to say for making kids comprehend more? Um, I think interacting with the text. So as much as you can get, letting them write things on it. So if you print out an article, if you can like every once in a while, at least like copy sections of the book that you're reading so that the kids can write things on it, they can annotate it, they can um, summarize what they're reading, underline important words. What you're doing is learning how to interact with the text and it doesn't just become this thing that you're reading like this and everything passes by and then you don't care about anything that you're reading. So you're learning how to interact with text. I think for me, that's really, really helped. Uh, Matthew Reyes is saying, I want to become a leader at my school. How would you find a mentor to help someone to obtain a leader uh, or admin position in your school? And then the next one down is awesome. Um, and then he said, 
What is the name of the school you teach at? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not hard to find. Yeah, I teach a boys' Latin high school in Philadelphia, in West Philly. Um, it is a four, it's all boys school and it's a charter school, meaning that kids have to put their name into a lottery and, but then it's not a private school. Like we just, whoever's name gets picked out of a hat gets to go there. And you kind of get the express lane of going there. If you have a brother or a cousin that went there before. So we get kids from all over Philly, not just West, uh, but it's mostly West Philly. And it's primarily African-American. Although I think this year we have like two Hispanic kids and one, not like one white kid. I don't know. I have to ask that dude. Um, and we have one Asian kid. So whenever there's a brochure picture, we just like make it look real diverse, but it's not that diverse. It's really kind of funny when we do that. Um, so I think if I was going to try and find an admin, I would just hit people up um, on, I, I, you know, I, so Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this a lot. We're like hitting people up in the DM or searching hashtags, right? And then just find folks and then just start asking questions. And then you might just like hit it off with someone that really, really kind of gets you. Um, and you can search around your house too. So if you search hashtags, like hashtag teacher problems, hashtag, I don't know, find some admin hashtags, right? Um, you could easily find those folks on there and then just start like hitting them up saying, hey, I found your stuff. I wanted to ask you a question, blah, blah, blah. And that's that. Um, I also think like if my homie Richard Royster is on here and if he's not, you can go to his YouTube channel. Richard Royster is, an, is a principal in Kentucky and he just started a YouTube channel. And so he's not, I don't think he's trying to get rich and famous from it. He's trying to like, what he's trying to do is shine a light on his school and show people like what they're actually doing there. And like, it's a great place that he believes in. And so he might be an interesting person to like hit up um, whether for mentoring touring or to find out like what he thinks would be a good avenue to go through for mentoring. And we'll, we'll link his channel below after mm -hmm. we're done. Got a question for me? Good work, buddy. Uh, have you ever been or currently are an uh, administrator department head? Nope. Um, I don't want to be. I have zero interest in becoming administration um, because from what I've witnessed, it's like um, like it's a lot more paperwork at meetings than it is like interaction with the students. And I like the interaction with students. I like the free time. As a matter of fact, like my, my school asked me to pick up a, another period this year. So I would be teaching six periods instead of five. And I said no, because I want that extra time with the students. I don't want to have to be like pulled into some kind of like an administration meeting or something like that. Babe, I'm, I told the people I'm trying to be succinct tonight and like be on the move because I feel like we have so many other questions. Um, do you have any ENF or ENL? students like language learning students like uh no not really at our school so when i taught in camden new jersey i had a lot like i don't know probably maybe 60 percent of my students were were hispanic and so and they came from everywhere from dominican republic mexico puerto rico uh most of them spoke spanish as a first language most of them had like a lot of them rather had like moms and dads that like spoke very little english and so that was thing you had to sort of finesse and work with and grow with and help kids grow with. But I found that just speaking English around kids and then being immersed in that world just helped kids to speak English a lot faster anyway. And yeah, and then I would just get them like books that were more kind of like 
if we were reading the Odyssey, I'd get kids like the graphic novel of the Odyssey. So you could see the actions, you didn't have to read as much, but you were still reading every single day and still like exercising that muscle. Uh, Anthony Biggs is saying, I started listening to the book that you recommended this week, Tattoos on the Heart. I think that's the title. It sure is. Thanks for the recommendation. Do you have any other book recommendations? I think anything by, I'm going to put this right, I'm going to type this in the comments right, real quick because this dude's name is crazy. And I'm not. Rafe Esquith. Any books by Rafe Esquith are the jam. Teach Like Your Hair is on Fire. Um, I forget the other names. But if you just Google that dude, um, he's also, I in all my links under my videos, there's the Amazon store link and you can just find it from there. I don't really make any money off of it. I don't think I've ever made any money off of Amazon, but uh, I just created that so people could find all these things. And you can find my other book choices in there as well. Uh, this just read the question all right so i'm just going to read your question because i don't want to butcher your name um so is asking hello what's grade literature in the past i've taught 12th grade literature which i did not like because those kids are like on their way out by christmas um taught 10th grade but the 10th graders i taught were i taught them as ninth graders and then i taught them as 10th graders again and that was super fun and i teach um a class called the history of hip-hop which is an elective at my school shauna malia is saying how do you motivate the nice kids who just don't want to do work they're not defiant or obnoxious and they have skills they um there are just days that they sit quiet and do nothing so i think uh, how do I motivate those dudes? I think I try it to like, so there's a couple of things, right? Sometimes I just do it with humor, right? Like I'll walk around and I will like, so again, like uh, kind of warning, these things work for me. They might not work for everyone else. I don't want to get you in trouble. So I'll walk around, I'll like flick someone's ear or I will say, um, I will like take their hand and I'll, I'll like start moving their pencil across the paper. I'm like, look, if you move the pencil, words come out. It's like magic, man. Um, or I will squirt them with water pistols or I will uh, say like I tr tr will like sit down with them and be like, look, this is the question that's being asked. Let's start it together and then you can finish it. Right. So like if you're already like if you help them build that momentum, sometimes it moves, it pushes the needle forward. Um, sometimes I just ask kids like, what's the deal, man? Like, you know, I, my job is to teach you and my kids got to eat, right? They eat a lot. So like, what, how, what are we going to do to like move this thing forward? And sometimes you find out that kids had like a bad day or like they might not be showing it, but they're just like really tired or something like that. Or I have kids that have had like migraines. And if you have like a migraine or if you don't feel well, I just tell you, go lay on the couch. You just chalk the day, but that builds leverage for the next time. It's like, bro you know when you don't feel well i let i let it slide so like but when you're feeling okay like i need a hundred percent commitment to what's going on in class or sometimes just stop the whole class and say we need to understand why this is important why what we're doing is important why school is important why this class is important um or i just tell them to go sleep in math class like if they want i'm like bro come on what do you think this is math class gotta do work and then all the math teachers know that I do this. And then they yell at me because they're like, I'm important too. And I'm like, yeah, but I needed to say something. You're so, right, Brenda DeVault. Yeah, I always, I always go, Sorry, I'm like, come on. 
just go do this in math class. Um, so I think sometimes reminding kids of why we're being here is important, why moving forward into where we want to go is important. Like this is important right now. I'm not just giving you nonsense. Really, that can help motivate kids as well. Uh, Aaron Fletcher is saying, what are some most practical classroom management strategies? I know building relationships with my students is number one. Good answer. Um, but what are some practical practices that you use daily? So I think, all right, let's go, let's go deep with this one, all right? These are things that I do that, again, I do not suggest that everyone else do because it might not work for you or you might feel weird about doing some stuff. But I, as much as I possibly can, meet every single student at the door every single day. So I am already engaging with you. You're not never flying below the radar. I make you shake my hand or at least try to shake your hand. Some kids like doing high fives. Some kids like doing fist bumps. Some kids like doing crazy handshakes that I can't do. So I just make them up. I just, I just go like this when they do it. And then I end it with a handshake. Done. And so I go into class. And typically, um, if I need everyone's attention, I go, I'll say something like, All right, hey, bro, chill. Um, I'll say like, uh, all right, mutants or, okay, all right, I don't know, you know, whatever, some ridiculous name that I'll call them. Okay, Muppets, um, because kids will always stop and go, wait, just call us Muppets? And I'm like, yeah, because if you say, good afternoon, gentlemen, or like, all right, kids, no one listens to you because they're used to hearing that all the time. But if you call everyone animals, they immediately get aggravated with you and it's like, good, I got your attention, we move on. Then I count down from four, three, two, and then no one should be talking by the time I get to one. And if you do, I'm going to call you out on it, right? And so that happens. Then I tell them what we're going to do that day. So there's zero, because that's what everyone wants to know. And then I break it down. Look, right now, you have three, four, five minutes to do this opening activity. If it is not done, you will get a zero on it. And I don't do, I don't do, Mr. Reynolds, I was just, I didn't know. I wasn't paying attention. That's why you guys got a zero on that. And then the train's moving on. And so that really is like not so harsh because I still will work with kids. And I get that like, you know, Tim in the back like has a hard time like finding his journal every day because it's lost in the madness of his backpack that looks like he has every paper since the sixth grade in that thing. So like it's, but that sort of consistency and giving those time constraints helps kids realize like, oh, I don't have forever. Like I literally have this many minutes. Um, so that helps move it along. I also just think that like, me being excited about what we're going to do today or telling them about something that I'm excited about doing today or being like, or um, reading uh, in a particular way. So like I'll read and I'm excited about it. Or uh, last week, my friend, uh, Mr. Fines and I were like going back and forth reading and reading in these really dynamic ways. So all that stuff, I think adds to you are building connections. You're being extremely consistent you are sprinkling a little bit of magic in your classroom. So like it's um, the kids aren't sure exactly what to expect every day. So maybe you're playing a little bit of music behind what you're doing. Maybe you show a, a movie clip. Um, maybe you stop in the beginning of class. And the other day I was like, I just want to tell you this story. I just want to tell you a story before we even start. And kids always lock into stories. And I told them that Fortnite season six came out the other day. I walked downstairs at six o'clock in the morning and there was my son just standing there in complete darkness of the house with the iPad out, three different iPhones, and the Nintendo Switch watching all of them to see which one was going to update the quickest. And then I go, that was my morning. All right, let's jump into the lesson. And so everyone's already locked in and focused on what I'm talking about, and then you just jump into the lesson. Um, 
So I just think that that's, that's like some of my go-to kind of things. Uh, Kelsey Hoyt is asking, I'm wondering how you handle group work in class. I often find that the work either isn't getting done or one student's doing all the work and kids earn grades that they don't deserve. Thoughts? So let's do Brenda next to um, I think, was that a question? She, yeah, I just wanted to hold up a minute. Um, so I think group work works better if there's two kids in a group, right? Because then the chances lessen that like someone's just gonna sit and not really do anything. I also think that group work works better um, if you let kids like move their desks so they're like further away from one another, or I let kids like lay on the floor and if they're drawing something, I give them like big pieces of cardboard and they just lay on the floor and draw it out. That kind of stuff works better because you're like, you can like hold up somewhere else in the room and then just make sure that you're moving around and letting kids know like, you know, sometimes you're just, you, you're not going to win with every single student. But what I do is I look for the kids that are probably struggling or are having a hard time like getting started and then I help them get started. And then what happens, I think, is when most kids in the classroom are actually doing stuff, then the other kids will follow suit. And then just keep shouting them out like, yo, this dude's like, these guys are like on this part right now. You got to hustle up. Like if you're not there, if you're just talking, you know, like there's a hard out on this project or on this assignment. If it's not done, guess what, bro? You're taking the L for it. And I just am real consistent on like what grades you get. Like that if you're going to take the zero, you're going to take the zero. Um, and I think a way around getting kids to, to uh, all participate is my friend Randy Rebuy used to give out um, a really brief sort of questionnaire where it was like, this is the total number of points that you have for this assignment uh, for participation. Now you have to divvy them up between the people in the group and everyone gets to decide. So like if there's four people in the group, um, they decide like, how many different points everyone's going to get. So it's at 30, 30, 30, and 10, or I don't even do math. Let's see how, how quick I did that. <laughs> so the, you get a sense that like, is the kid that did nothing, is he going to try and take all the points? But usually they don't. They just like a correct, correctly like distribute them. And that just gives you um, an ability to kind of do that as well, to like sort of like give points where they're deserved. My buddy Brenda is saying, what do you say to your class when you've, had a bad report from a sub. Um, I think, I think you mentioned this in a comment. Now you wanted me to mention this tonight. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, I just think talking to kids, I just think not going in and reaming them is ever, I think going in and like yelling at your kids is never a good move. I think you know, listen, this is what I heard. And I'm wondering what you have to say about this. You're not asking them to like, say that they're guilty. You're, yeah, the dog farted and it smells awful. It smells like <laughs> he might be dying back there. Um, they, why do dog farts? Why are they the know. worst? I'm in the middle of a question for Brenda. And all right, anyway, um, I think, you know, what that does is it opens up the line of communication and lets the kids sort of like say their piece. And then, and realizing that like, maybe the sub was wrong. Maybe the sub was terrible. And like, you're just giving the kids like, hey, I'm not damning you. I'm just wondering what happened. And then saying, well, look, the expectation is when I'm not here is that you're doing this. And then I always tell my students like, so I need a sub for next week because I'm going somewhere. And so I tell them on the front end what I expect. And then I just want them to know like that they, you know, 
it is sort of like sending your kids out into the world. Like it's embarrassing to get a bad report. Like it reflects poorly on me, right? Don't make me look bad because you guys didn't like the sub or because you didn't want to do the work. Like make me look good. Like hook it up every once in a while, man. I'm giving you free education every day. And I just think sort of that sort of levity of it just helps kids go like, all right, Reynolds, I got you. Instead of me like reaming them and being like, what are you guys doing? Don't you know what you're supposed to do? Like you're making me look bad. Like that kind of stuff. No one wants to back you, but letting them know that they have the power. Like, yo, next time, like I want to be the best. So we go to fire drill. The expectation is everyone's quiet. I tell everyone like, dude, I want everybody else to get in trouble. I want to be like raised. So like hook it up for me, man. And dudes always do that. If you let them, if you remind them that they have the power to do something like that, um, I just think that it works. Top one. Uh, Ari Flores is saying tips, tips for teacher slash practice parts of speech. Jeez, um, that's a tough one. Practice parts of speech. I'm going to say this. So I'm going to say, I would say this. Shoot me an email if you want, right? And this is what I'm going to do with it. I don't, we don't study that in my class, right? In, in my high school that I work at, I teach literature. Somebody else teaches composition. They're two different classes. But my homie, Mr. Alam, that teaches at my school is all world at this. He's real big on diagramming sentences. Um, and I, I love, I, diagramming sentences made me a far better writer when I learned how to do it again in college. Like, like was one of the most impactful classes I ever took. Didn't like it, but it made me a better writer. So if you hook it, shoot me an email, I can shoot him an email and that dude will 100% hook it up and help you out. Uh, see, I don't always know all the answers, but I know people that know the answers and that's just as good as an answer yourself sometimes. Naomi Plummer is saying, do you have any advice for, I've seen that name before. I just want to note that I think I've seen you on here before. Um, do you have any advice for calming, containing very boisterous, active boys? <sighs> Naomi, that's, that's all I teach. Um, so I think one is noting that this is what's going on, right? So I have a class that is, we call it Cloud Cuckoo Land in there because it's kind of like Cloud Cuckoo Land from, um, from the Lego movie where they have like Unikitty and it's all wacky in there and stuff. And these dudes are wacky. The, my favorite part is this, they will probably be my favorite class at, by the end of the year. They have the potential of being my favorite class of all time. That's how goofy they are, right? But in the most endearing way. However, when I have them on Friday, right? They, um, they, I'm getting distracted over here, guys. Um, on Fridays, I have them at the end of the day, right? I, they're my last period. That is not a good fit. Having your craziest class that's already crazy on Friday at the end of the day is like, bro, what are we supposed to do? It is like herding kittens through a building that's on fire. It is insane. So um, my plan for that is I, uh, I, I note it first. Guys, first of all, I'm realizing it's Friday. I'm realizing we're all stoked about the weekend. I'm realizing, you know, whatever it is, right? And so, but this is what I need from you. I think setting the expectation, I think teaching people how to treat you is always the way, right? Or how to treat the moment. This is what we need to do. This is my expectation, right? And so, and then that just works. It just like puts kids in check and saying like, 
for five minutes, we're doing this, right? I don't care if you hate reading, I don't care if you hate writing, you can do anything for five minutes except for sit on fire, right? So there's no fire in here, so just do this. And then that really, really helps kids. But I think, you know, your vibe leads your tribe. Um, and so if you are, if you have the right vibe, if you go in there and you have can have high energy, whatever you have to do, I have this plan. I don't want to get a small trampoline in my room and like jump on it because it like gets your blood flowing. Um, and I can't necessarily like my clothes are too tight typically to like do a push up or something, but like building your energy up before you go into that class, so you can meet them there and then say, all right, we're all up here. You need to bring it down. This is where I need you from. And then build little outs or like let them have the last five minutes where you're doing like some of the goofy stuff I've mentioned on my channel, like throwing expo markers out in the, on the marker ledge or having a dance party or watching a fun video or like, so you're giving them the reward for bringing it down. Here we go, everyone. And if that doesn't work, buy a microphone or a megaphone that I get, like the one I got from Kohl's for $8 at Christmas last year. And that thing rules. You talk through a megaphone, everybody's listening. Principal might come running and wonder what the hell's going on, but that's awesome too. Um, Michael Sylvia is asking, "Hey Reynolds, can you talk about different uh, talk about what kind of differentiation strategies you use while keeping your lesson moving? Finishing up my first month as a first year teacher, and I'm already seeing kids lagging." So, uh, Michael, here's the thing: number one, when you see kids lagging, realize that it's not a steady decline almost ever right? Someone's going to bottom out somewhere, right? But it's typically moves like it's like riding a wave, right? So know that kids will like will ride the wave through the year. So it's never like a straight shot to the end. Um, but differentiation, differentiation, I like doing things like it's, it's all kind of the same stuff. It's just the way that you're doing it is different. So I might like if for the Odyssey um, that we're reading right now, we're reading the Odyssey, but I'll break that up by um, when we're done reading a particular book from the Odyssey, I show a movie of it. And so there's this really bad movie that came out in 1998, 1999, something like that on television. It's free on YouTube and it's on my channel. I have it in a playlist. There's all these videos that say like, when I teach Lord of the Flies, when I teach the Odyssey, when I teach Merchant of Venice that you can use in your lessons. Then, so I might do that. I might have them draw a picture. So I, ha I have them go on and if I have laptops available, I use a website called Toondo. And I'll say, like, if they're in the Cyclops' cave, all right, I want you to go on there, type this in, then you're going to pull in this particular cave uh, backdrop, and then I want you to set the scene for what's happening right now. Like, where are Odysseus's men? So you're working with spatial awareness. Where is the, uh, the Cyclops? How much bigger is he than the men? Where are the sheep? Where's the fire? Where's the wine? So you're working with kids in that sense. Sometimes I have them make um, – I go to the dollar store and buy cheap Play-Doh, I used actual modeling clay, modeling clay one time, and that was a freaking nightmare. Modeling clay gets everywhere. And so they uh, created like little figures of the people in the Odyssey and then the Cyclops or the Scylla or Charybdis. And that is something that like kids don't want to admit that they like all the time, but it's actually super fun. And you just like play a little music in the background, building stuff. And it's like, dude, look, this is all we're doing right now. We're making this and it's super fun and it's awesome and, and you're going to love it. Sometimes we'll read it. Um, I'll get like certain parts as a play for certain things that we read. And then I'll make them come up and read them out loud in front of everyone. So you're just, what you're doing is like, you're still reading, you're still um, having group work. You're still having all these regular things that you want to have, 
but you're just shifting a little bit. And so I think the problem is, is that not everything is worth like a grade in the end. It's like, were you doing it, right? Were you making the little clay people? And could you write down and explain afterwards, like why you made what you made, right? And it doesn't have to be this big, difficult thing, but you're just making the classroom fun. You're making something that's different. You're creating them, building the magic in the classroom that kids aren't just like drill and kill all period. They're just, it's, you're taking it a little bit easier. And I think you'll find that like, um, if you can build that in, you're like, you're like building in the win for kids and just changing things up that little bit and not being afraid to make it too kiddish or too silly or too fun. Um, sometimes we go outside. I do like sidewalk chalk where we do symbolism. They have to go outside and like, they have to create a graffiti tag that's supposed to symbolize something about them or a family crest in graffiti font that like symbolizes who they are and what they're about, what their family's about. And then they go out and they tag the sidewalk outside of the school. And we have like hundreds of tags all over the sidewalk. Um, that looks really super cool. And you do that. And it's just like a different way of doing the same old thing. Um, Justin is asking, how do you handle fire drill days? I feel like it disrupts the full of class. Yo, fire drill days suck, man. Um, I just try and have fun with it. Look, it's like I have this big ass hand on a stick. Where's my hand on the stick? Is it in the back? So here I do this. this. I scared the crap out of my dog. So when we go out for fire drills, I have this hand on a stick. It's gigantic. I also use this to collect papers in class. So if kids are sitting really far back, nobody likes walking through the aisles and it's like your butt's all in everyone's face and it's awkward or you're going to trip over like 97 book bags. Just get the hand on the stick, reach it out there, and you can collect like paper. Are you are you shying away from my hand on a stick right now? Um, look, I mean, look how long this thing is. Bam! <laughs> If you really want to have fun, put a little bit of tape, you double-side it, put it on here, and you can smack kids' work on their desk, and it picks it up, and they have no idea how in the world that just happened. So when we go on fire drills, I just bring this sucker out with me so everyone knows where I am. They can follow me. And then I go out, and the expectation is, is that we will never get in trouble. We will be the greatest, most well-aligned like fire drill people ever, and that's awesome. And then I, I dare kids – that I'm going to make them laugh. like, you know, you're going to get suspended if you uh, if you talk at a fire drill. So I will like say ridiculous out of pocket stuff to my kids to try and make them laugh. And that's, that's just what it is. And then when we come back in, um, they win, they like one shorter time in class, but then, you know, I try and prepare for that as much as I can, or just don't take it so seriously. Like it's all right. If they miss like, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 minutes of work, it's like, it's okay. Like you can maybe give a little bit of it for homework or just add it on to the next day or reconfigure. But just, you know, I almost treat it like uh, this is like something that's just kind of like a fun break in the day. Uh, David De Jesus, Dave, can you tell those dudes to chill? Um, David De Jesus, I'm going to be in Maryland this winter, but it's still kind of far from New Jersey. Still, I would have loved to have coffee with you. Um, what would you say about? Being teachers and living off coffee is very – wait, what? What you said oh, about being teachers and living off coffee is very – yeah, so uh, it's very accurate. It is very accurate. I never drank coffee until I became a teacher because I had two remedial classes my first year when I was student teaching in the beginning of the day, and no one liked to talk. No one liked to – like, 
have high energy. Everyone was nervous. And so that was fine. But then I had a very active honors class, my third period. And it was like, bro, those first two classes would just zap your energy. And I, I needed to be on fire to handle this honors class. So I just started down in coffee in the morning then whoo, I was on it. Um, but yo, hit me up, shoot, shoot me a, um, a DM or, uh, email. or an email and I'd be happy to have coffee with you. Um, Philly's not that far. It's like, it's maybe an hour, hour and a half, depending on where you are in Maryland. I just went down there. That's when letter classroom and me and pocket full primary had coffee together. Uh, we, it was like an hour or something, right? Mm -hmm. So not a big deal, but just come hang out. Uh, Jennifer Nicole is asking thoughts on charter schools. Do you work in a public school? I work at a charter school. And so there's a lot of misconceptions about charter schools. I think Char a lot of folks think that charter schools are like our private schools or that we only, we get to like pick who goes to our school. My school is literally you sign up, you put in your application. They literally put your name in a hat. Then they have a day where like people can show up and they have a lottery and they just pick names out of the hat because you might have 300 kids that want to come to your school and you can only pick a hundred new ones or what, that's just arbitrary number, but like you can only have a hundred kids. So you try and make it fair unless your brother or your cousin already went there and then you just get to go. So a lot of my guys, I mean, I have kids that like, I don't know. They're like, I grew up Irish Catholic and they're, you know, we like making babies. It's like Irish Catholic are like rabbits. Um, and so some of my kids' families, you're just like, another brother, another brother, another brother, another brother. You have 17 cousins. Like, holy crap, man, what is going on? Um, so we, there is a lot of that. I think charter schools are wonderful. Charter schools, the initial idea was to create an alternative for schools and failing in neighborhoods where schools were failing. And I'm not willing to, like, I realize that there's all kinds of hundred different problems. I just know that my charter school works, right? Not all of them do. Some of them suck, but like it is, a, and I don't think it's because necessarily because of the school. I think that they just kind of lucked out with like the people that they got, the principal that we had when I started there, like really set the tone um, for how amazing the school is. We like create leaders. So like my current principal, like used to be a, a teacher in the school, um, the current ninth grade dean like was a teacher in the school and then moved up. So like we're pulling people out from the inside, like building them up and creating like these amazing leaders in, in, in administration. So I just I just think that's awesome. I, so I'm a big supporter of charter schools. <clears throat> um, Justin Hayden is asking, hey, Reynolds, any thoughts on how to build school culture and improve teacher morale when you're just a teacher? Uh and an admin. I think teachers have incredible power to create positive school culture. Um, and this is how I think you do it. You just, you have, first of all, you have to make time for it. Like in any really, here's, here's my, my big thing on this. Just like any relationship you're in for me and the not so secret wife, if I just did nice stuff on her birthday, on Valentine's day, on Christmas, right? You're, you're, she's nodding her head next to me. Um, that is not good enough, right? It has to be all the other days. So I could like, like Valentine's day is like beginner day, man. Like it's like partying on like new year's, right? What you want to do is set up something fun, something nice that you can like pepper in throughout the year. And so that is what builds school culture. It's all of the little things, not the big sweeping 
Christmas. Here's a car with a bow on it. But we don't talk ever. We don't ever sit on the couch together. We don't ever go to a movie or just laugh together or have coffee in the morning. Like those are all the magic little moments. So things that I do to build school culture in my school. Um, I like doing small, funny, silly things that disrupt people's everyday uh, lives. So my friend, Miss King, um, a couple of years ago, she loves her dogs. She has a picture on her desk of her dogs. I replaced that picture with a picture of me. Um, and then I thought that was so funny that I went around and did that to a lot of other people's family pictures in their rooms. I just like photocopied a picture of me. And I realized this seems like a large waste of time, but what it does is it just like disrupts people's day and like makes them laugh and like breaks it up. Or like you could surprise someone by like, if I go out for coffee, oftentimes I'll buy two instead of one. I just bring one back, shoot out a text on WhatsApp and like, yo, I have extra coffee. Does anyone want it? Yo, I really needed a coffee today. You got it. Thanks, man. Or um, I like doing stuff like all my students know that if anyone visits our classroom, right? Anyone you have to give them a standing ovation when they come into the classroom. So everyone stands up, everyone claps for you. And that throws people off. So some people hate it, but it makes it really, really funny. Um, and it makes the students like interact. It like kind of breaks up the day a little bit. So just like little things like that help. I think having folks over to your house, like invite someone over for dinner or go out to dinner or go out for drinks or go bowling together. Like all those little things really, really add up. Um, and then that just helps. So that that's that's my suggestion. Um, and I have a gazillion of those things I just think of all the time that I think build that stuff. There she is. Um, Anthony Big, uh, those are the ones that are just popping off the top. Uh, Anthony Biggs is saying, another question, why is there no international community for teaching resources and ideas? Is this something you'd want? So Anthony, I think that's us. So, let me say this. One of my absolute favorite, favorite things about having started a YouTube channel is being able to connect with people from all over the world. It is just, it changes everything. Like you're sharing ideas. Like the idea that most teachers just stay in their outside of their rooms and for whatever reason, because they're stressed, because they have too much work to do, because they don't want to seem clueless because they don't want to seem like, like ask for help because then that shows that I'm weak and I have to show vulnerability or something. And so like connecting with people from all over the world has been my favorite things. And then getting to meet them in real life. So meeting, you know, if I'm just thinking about other YouTubers, like meeting in person, the letter classroom or pocket full of primary or my friend Darren, when we spoke out in, in Chicago this summer or next week uh, or this week when I go out to, California, um, Kate, the sleepy teacher from YouTube is picking me up at the airport. And then I'm hoping to connect with other people while I'm out there as well. So if anyone lives in the San Diego neighborhood, hit up your boy and uh, let's hang out. So that is fantastic. I, I definitely think that that should happen. I don't know that I'm the dude to do it, but like, cause I'm too busy doing this stuff now, but it could happen potentially at some point in the future. Um, Cardi G is asking, that's kind of, that's a cute name. Uh, Reynolds, how do you deal with disrespectful behavior, talking back, not listening to directions? That's timely. All right, let's uh, let's let's take a drink and then answer that one. It's just water, by the way. My water. You always drink my water all the time. So, um, there's a couple of ways to deal with disrespectful behavior. Almost always, I'll say, um, 
here's what I need you to do. I need you to step in the hallway for a moment. You're not in trouble. I just need to ask you something. Send kid to the hallway. Then you ask them, I need to know if I did anything wrong, right? So what you're doing is you're not going out there and putting them on blast. You are momentarily opening up the opportunity for them to speak. And then sometimes kids will say, yeah, you didn't like collect my homework. Yeah, you didn't, you never picked me to speak in class. Yeah, like you got mad at me for doing this and I didn't even do anything, right? So sometimes it is you and you can take that L and you, you can apologize for it and it changes everything. Other times though, the kid will say, no, you didn't do anything. And I, and I have to tell them, well, this is what you need to note is that I am here for you. I want more than anything in this world for you to have the greatest class year ever, for you to grow more than you've ever in your whole life grown in a class, and for you to succeed. I want you to have the greatest life that you could ever have, ever. But to do that, you got to play the game. And the game is this right now, like whatever we're doing in class. Like the game is getting through high school, going to college, graduating, or, or not. Like, but like, you got to know what you're shooting for. And then I'll, so, so I'm kind of all over the place with this. But if I ask a kid, what do you want to do? I want to be an engineer. All right. So the game for being an engineer is you have to go to high school, you have to go to college, and then, you know, you can possibly become an engineer. But if you don't play the game, if you think you're just going to screw around and not pull the grades and not get into the right school, no one's going to pick you to be an engineer. Like, you know, unless you're driving one of those little friggin' trains around in the mall or something like that at Christmas time. Um, but that, that's, so that's what that conversation looks like. Sometimes though, like I've done this already this year, I got to put someone on blast right in class. So I had a kid recently that yelled at me in class, like raised his voice and yelled at me in class. And I had to put him on blast because something, you know, and the, here's the thing. I don't, I do not think disrespecting kids is ever okay. Like yelling at a kid just to yell at them or to show that you're the man or you're the woman or you're in charge or you're top dog is never, ever, ever okay. But it depends on like what do kids respond to. So I think sometimes if someone's yelling, if I know yelling back in the right way with strategy, like with strategy can snap a kid out of their mindset and they can hear you. It's all about trying to, to have that conversation. Now, sometimes there are certain kids I'd never yell. They could do the most out-of-pocket stuff ever, and I'd never yell at them. I'd talk very calm. I'd say, I need you to step into the hallway. I need you to do this. You need to call your mom, whatever it is. But I know calm is the key there because there are certain dudes that, like, if you raise your voice, you're just going to lose them. They're going to lose their shit. They're going to start yelling back at you. There's a potential, like, you never want to be in a power struggle with a student, my friend Randy always says. So, um, so I just think that that's how... I would handle it. I think those one-on-one really, really work. And then the kids don't know what you talked about with them in the hallway. And if they don't want to come back in right away, say, look, before you come back in, take a walk, go get a drink of water or something like that, go pee, then come back to class and then we're chill. Right. And so that I think you'll find more success than you than you think you would if you do that. Megan Burnmeister, it's kind of is that your real name? That's a fantastic last name. Um, hey Reynolds, how do you deal with parents that criticize you? I'm a first-year teacher and recently got an angry parent email criticizing how my class was set up, and it actually really upset me. Of course it did, Megan, because you want to be an awesome teacher and the best teacher ever, and all you want is good stuff for your kids, and then someone tries to dog what you're doing, especially someone that's never even been in your class and just going to listen to the kid who has tainted memory anyway because they're emotional and chemically unbalanced because they're teenagers um, or small children. I think you do this. I would 
call that parent, not email them, because things can get lost in translation. And I would say, before anything, I just want you to say, thank you so much for sending me that email. I really took it into consideration. And and that, I think that's true. Like, you're not going to, like, just be bullshitting them. And then remind parents, look, before we even get into this conversation, I need you to know that your child is my number one priority, that these kids, it's my job is always only about the students. It's not about how everyone feels about me or if I'm going to be the teacher of the year or if I'm going to be the one they remember in 20 years, like, you know, when someone asked them who was the greatest teacher I ever had, like, it's only about your kid and getting them from here to here, like meeting them where they are and bringing them up to the where they want to be. And then I let parents know when they try and say like, well, they try to hand in some late work and you would take late work. And, you know, they said that you said this. And then it's like, I'm not going to try and win this conversation. What I want to do is say, this is what I'm noting that happened. And then for the next time, right? So you're not going to say like, well, you did this and you did this. There's no... There is no growth in that conversation. All the growth comes from this is what happened last time. And then just like really, really listen to people. Don't just try and talk about over them. Don't try and list, like think of what you're going to say next. Really listen to them and then say, well, how about this? How about the next time that happens? This is what I need to see so that we're all on the same page. Like as the teacher, you need to know that I do not accept late work, but maybe your child, um, like, let's talk about them being a little bit more like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We say, like, self, like they need to learn how to self-advocate. Tell them next time to come and speak to me about this and we can work it out. So you're not getting into a power struggle. You're, and you're not, like, conceding the point either. You're just, like, learning how to, like, have the conversation and let the parent know. Not, don't let them figure it out. Don't assume that they know that you love kids or that you love your job or that you want to do the best thing ever. What you're doing is putting them on notice that I want nothing more than for your kid to be successful. How the hell can anyone argue with that, especially if you're being honest and they can hear it in your voice that you're being authentic? You will win with that situation. Um, and thanking them for the email. So if they thought they were going to put you on blast, like, no, honestly, like you made me reflect on like what happened and what's going on with your kid. And let's have that conversation. Like it's meaningful to me and I want to be able to hear you out. So you're not just like blown away by, even if you were that, I think that's how I would go about doing, dealing with that. Piano boy is saying, um, okay, so I'm going to read, there's three different comments. Uh, hey Reynolds, I have an interesting question that I'm currently going through. I am a current student teacher since the beginning of the semester. My CT, a football coach has given me mixed signals. He has also said discouraging statements to me about my future as a teacher. He is a football coach. I am another, I'm with another CT, or when he is a football coach, I guess, I'm with another CT who says I'm doing great. There's this dichotomy problem. My college wants me to stay where I am and push through the semester and just get the EDTPA finished. Um, do you have any suggestions on how you should work with someone who's hard to trust? So I would say this, man. Look, first of all, I don't know what discouraging statements this individual is saying to you, right? So maybe they are worthwhile. Maybe there's some truth in them, right? So every, everything that people say to us, like sometimes people know us better than we know ourselves. And so we, we might think that we're like doing a good job or we're working hard and they might be able to say, no, 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 this is what you're doing wrong. And then just see if there's a kernel of truth in that. And if there's not, if you know in your heart that they are wrong, 
then just screw that person. Like there's so many disgruntled, angry, miserable teachers out there. It's like, you can't even spend your time listening to them. What I would do is like, just chalk it, take it for what it is, ride the semester out and then try it. But what I would do is like, if as much as possible, I don't know what your situation totally is, but like, are there other teachers in the school that you don't want to like talk shit on that dude with, but try and find folks that you can connect with that are going to make your job better, make your time better, that are going to say, what's up to you? They're going to, you can share a lesson with them. You can get some feedback from them. You can ask them, hey, would you mind on your prep one day, like just coming in for five minutes in the beginning of my class and just, I want someone um, a little different to kind of like sit in and see what my pre-class looks like, or come in at the last five minutes, check out my exit ticket, or come in in the middle of my class and see how like my, how I'm explaining things. That might actually give you far more like better feedback. And then what that could potentially do is having that new teacher come in like and saying something great about you, like affecting what your other co-teacher or your CT uh, cooperating teacher is, is saying in class. Um, but look, there's always going to be people that are going to dog what you do. Here's, here's the big thing for everyone. If you want to be great, if you want to be great for your students, there will always, always, always be toxic teachers that will talk shit on you, that will that will put you on blast, that will say like, oh, he just does this and that's why the kids belong. Oh, it's because he's a man or it's because um, she is like uh, so strict or because she lets them go with everything. She babies the kids or because she's um, builds these awkwardly close like relationships. And so yeah, that was kind of a bad metaphor to use that last one or explanation. But oh well, hey, that's, yeah. that's a, the conversation for another time. What I'm saying is people will always try to talk shit on you because it makes them feel better about themselves. You just cannot let them have it. They do not get. You put your flag in the ground or your hand in the stick in the ground. And you decide that they don't get to take your happiness, that they are giving you a gift of pessimism and shittiness. And you're saying, no, I don't want the gift. And if someone offers you a gift and you don't take it, who then does the gift belong to? right? It still belongs to them. Just don't take it and surround yourself with people that actually want to kick ass. And maybe it's this community. Maybe it's somebody else in the comment section. Maybe it's another YouTuber or someone you found on Instagram and you are working as a community that's even virtual, that's building each other up. Like my, all of my friends that I've met on YouTube that we kind of like build each other up. That's what you're doing on here instead of just letting that person shit on you. Right. And then just knowing they have a story, man. Maybe they wanted to be the greatest at some point too, and they just couldn't pull it off. So like now they're trying to bring you down because misery friggin' loves company. Just don't let them have that shit. What are you what are you signaling over there, buddy? It's the idea that someone couldn't pull off being a great teacher. I don't think it's that. I think they give up. Sure. Yeah, they do give up. You're right. That's a good point. You're the greatest. Um Oscar Mansilla is asking, what are your thoughts on Holden Caulfield? Do you know who Holden Caulfield is? Catching the Rock. Good work. I yeah. know I Googled it. Bam. You read that book. You read that book because I remember driving in the car when we were younger and you wouldn't stop reading it. And I was trying to have a conversation with you and you were like, look like a little book nerd over there. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, we're trying to, why are we driving so when you're reading the book? Like, I'm not here. And you, I remember you turning down my music. I remember Going to turn down my music. You should be proud. That's I'm going to say I don't like Holden Caulfield right now because my <laughs> wife freaking left to read that book. Um, so look, 
I think that whole book, sometimes certain books, when kids diss them, and movies, right? Like you look at a movie like The Godfather or The Wizard of Oz, and it's very easy to kind of diss something like that. But in the time that it came out, in that, in that world, like that year that that came out, it was incredibly impactful for any number of things. And so sometimes books just kind of like lose their luster because there's been something that's more shocking after that. Like um, I remember like Silence of the Lambs being like the most shocking movie ever. Now there's all kinds of like crazy, insane, shocking movies. Um, so it depends like what you're reading it for and who you're reading it with. Uh, but I think, you know, there are books that are just kind of lost in time and, and don't get the credit that they're due anymore because they, because they're being written in 2018. Um, Joanne Markov is asking, how do you motivate students to do their work? Uh, how do you motivate students to do your work? You're not going to grade. I physically can't grade everything. And of course, the age old question is, is this for points? Is this going to get graded? Comes up each time. 100% it does. So first of all, um, I think sometimes grading kids on completion is okay. Did you complete the assignments, right, is one thing. Two. Stop it. Oh, there's kids playing out for the dog wants to eat them. Um, <clears throat> they... I think the second thing is participation. Were you actually doing the assignment? Did I watch you doing the assignment? Because if I'm watching you not do it, then you're losing points. Um, and then sometimes just collect it and then just throw it in the trash, right? And I say that, like, I don't do this all the time, but every once in a while, if someone does an assignment and you have a gazillion of them and you know it's not going to mean anything, and I realize that there might be parents of my own students watching this, every once in a while, look, it doesn't mean the kid didn't learn anything, right? They're like, but if you, there are sometimes assignment and i know no one's getting it. i know that this was this was a wrong choice i should have walked them through it i should have started it with them whatever it was it's like i just throw it away you know what and i'll tell them like i threw that in the trash because i just didn't think we all got it i get or let them know like i just gave everyone grade for doing it right but i realized that the, it was my like i messed up um so you think not always telling kids if something's worth a grade and then letting them know like it is worth it. Like, so if you give participation points at the end of the week, like I give four points a day, 20 points a week. Um, that was weird. Uh, and if you're not doing what I'm asking you to do, you can lose points on that as well. So I just think that that's, that's okay to do. Uh, any advice for class inspections? I'm a student teacher and I'm terrified. Look, that's a really great question. Who's, who said that? E. Um, I think knowing if you go someone coming in and inspecting your classroom or coming in and looking at what you're doing, what you're doing, if you go into it wanting the feedback, right? Oh, you're here. Awesome. I'm really, I have really about this. I'm not sure about this. I think this awesome. They're here. Like welcome them. It's like that time you, um, Get, look at the opportunity of it and say, oh, I'm so glad that you're here. And it's immediately, even for that person, because they're coming in thinking that like probably they're going to check you, I'm going to check you out, see if you're doing a good job. And if you're not doing a good job, we're going to have to have to talk about it. And when you say, dude, hell yeah, that's what I want. I'm so, th I'm so thrilled that you're here because I'm learning, because I'm still growing as a teacher, because I'm, I'm not sure and all my practices aren't tried and true yet. So like, I'm so glad that you're here. Um, 
that you're going to help me with this. And then when they give you feedback, make sure you lean a little bit into that. All right. So I hear you saying this, but like, does that mean I shouldn't do this? Or does that mean you'd like to see this more? And then why? Like, why are you saying that to me? Like, why do you want me to um, repeat my directions more? Why do you want me to walk around the class more? Why do you want me to, um, to, I don't know, like, uh, do my, my examples like this, like, or give more practice questions that creates a dialogue and shows that you really are interested in learning and that you really do want to get better at your craft. Uh, Shauna Malia is saying, what do you think about classroom economies? I'm not sure I know what, so what do you mean by that? Cause that, that could be a couple things to me. So could you, I'll, I'll answer your question, but Shauna, could you like flesh that out a little bit? Like what are you dealing with in school that I can help you with? Did you have, was it in there? Are you looking for the other one? Uh, Cassandra Dixie is saying, any advice or opinions on managing marking? I have to mark uh, every three lessons, their classwork. I have 11 different classes and around 30 students in each one. I'm drowning in it. So I would say this, Cassandra, depending on what you're grading, um, I would come up with a system for yourself. So like maybe on this assignment, I'm looking for this particular thing, right? Or this assignment, like, so you, you are very clear on what you're looking for. I think rubrics work really well for that. So it's giving, you're not writing all, for instance, collect journals for my students, right? All of my journals. I don't know what's happening. It's still counting on here. It still looks like. Wait, say goodbye. All right. Um, I don't know what's happening on here. It looks like it's breaking up. So I apologize for that. If anyone has any further questions, you can email me and know people that email me that I'm really trying to get back to you the best that I can. And so I hope everyone has the greatest week ever. And if you're in San Diego this week, hit up your boy. I'm going to be in San Diego hanging out with Kate, the CP teacher. And I'd love to everyone say hi if I can. Oh, now it's working. But we're at it now. Okay. All right. So let's, can I finish that last question? Um, so my question, let's do, Cassandra Dixie was asking any advice on, on marking things. I think sure. knowing... I, oh, no. Wait, I'll let you, I'll let you be the last Let me ask this question. I think knowing what you're grading for, students to come after school and help you grade stuff that's multiple choice or that's easy to grade, like there's a step process or something like that. Um, we are not like figuring out like a, a writing prompt. You're like uh, grading for, I don't know, like did they have, did they come up with the answer three for number two? Um, kids, just throw them a couple extra credit points or say like, yo, I'm buying pizza today, or I'll give you a piece of candy if you come after school. Like kids love that stuff. Um, and then just knowing exactly what you're grading for and maybe using a rubric to come up with like, uh, so you can just check things off or, or, or speed up the process a little bit really helps. So look, an hour and six, bro, where am I going this week? California. California, San Diego. So if anyone wants to hang out, let me know. Um, I'm in these emails. Every time I send 30 emails out in a day, I get 30 more emails. So I'm really trying to get to everyone. Please hang in there. Because um, I do. How are you doing right now? Dances, man. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Guys, as always, I hope you have the greatest week ever.